But anyway, good morning. If you're here for the first time, good morning. If you're here for the millionth time, good morning. It is really great to see you. Um, my name is Sarah Gelly. Um, I'm really pleased that the sun has come out for Mother's Day today. You may or may not know that today is actually a double celebration because today is actually also Ghana Independence Day. Hooray. I realise you might not look at me and instantly think of Ghana, so I should give some sort of explanation that my husband Kwame is a Ghanaian um, and therefore I've adopted Ghana as my nation, so I'm very proud of Ghana independence today. Um, So hooray twice over, Um, and it does explain our matching outfits. Um, But on that note, not that they're not in here actually, so when they come back you can see... But um, on that note, I'm just going to pray before we start, and then I'm just going to spend a bit of time this morning just really expounding what it means to have a mother's heart or a mother's love, um, because we've probably all got lots of different ideas in our head or images. We've all had different experiences, as we've even heard this morning from Sarah and then from Sylvie, about what their experience of mothering or being mothered has been. So I just want to take a bit of time to get back to Scripture and see what God says about it. We'll have a bit of fun along the way, um, and then we'll see what God says to us. So Jesus, I just thank you so so much that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, I thank you that you're not a, a deaf or dumb God, but Lord, you're one who speaks, and you speak with clarity, God, and you speak with life-changing words. So Lord, I pray that this morning, Holy Spirit, please, would you just be here? Would you be present? Would you open our ears to hear the Father's voice, that we would know what he's saying to us? Um, yeah, God, just, just give us wisdom this morning, I pray. Amen. Okay, so... Um, as I said before, I'm Sarah Gelly. I'm part of the preaching team, but actually if you've been around just a bit more recently, you won't have seen very much of me, and that's because I've been having a short break um, since October, really, and the reason for that is this young man. Just for that, because it's cute, really, and I'm still in that kind of early mum phase where I just want to show photos all the time, so I just thought, why not? I thought, here's my opportunity. So this is Asha Kwame Selassie Gelly, who has come and turned our lives upside down. We thought we knew where we were. We thought we knew, we knew what life was. We thought we had things quite covered. We were, we were relatively together, and then he came. And everything has changed in the most delightful and amazing way. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a different person. I remember going home when I was about eight weeks pregnant and telling my mum that we were pregnant, and the first thing she said to me was, your life will never be the same again. And she could not have been more right. Um, it certainly won't be, but it is certainly much, much better and richer and fuller. Um, if slightly more exhausting. Um, I just felt like, actually, right at the beginning, obviously I gave his full name, and I felt like God actually wanted to speak a little bit through that. So I'm just going to take a second to explain. So one of his middle names, so his name Kwame just means that he's born on a Saturday, but Selassie is a name in Kwame's home language, and what it means is God heard us. And we really felt when we gave him that name that there's something prophetic about it, because actually... He, for us, is a representation of the fact that God does answer prayer. So um, I haven't got time to tell the whole story. Believe me, it's a long one. But Kwame and I actually met in Ghana when I was about 30, so I'd had quite a long time being single before that. Um, And then, actually, the process of being able to get married and be here was not an easy one. And actually, throughout that, we were praying and praying and praying and praying. And there were times where it looked like God wasn't going to answer. There were times where it seemed to be hopeless and get a little bit more hopeless. 
But actually, God does answer prayer, and his timing is perfect. And that is why Asher's called God heard us, because actually he's our physical reminder that God does answer prayer. And I just feel like this morning, as we kind of unpack some other things, it might become clearer, but there might be people here, you might just be beginning to think, actually, God's never going to hear me, or God hasn't heard me. But actually, if you're feeling like that, here's your physical reminder that actually he does hear you at the right time and in the right way. Um, so yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in at the beginning, and I say that might get unpacked a bit more as we go on. But back to the whole motherhood thing. Um, obviously, City Hope, I just want to, uh, again, just express some thanks, really, to, to City Hope as a church community, because it is amazing to be surrounded by so many examples of motherhood and of mothers. Um, actually, it does really help. At those moments where you feel a bit all at sea and like you don't know what you're doing, which is most of the time, actually, it is really, really helpful to have so many examples of people who've mothered in different ways, done different things, have got, obviously, different children, and actually having that just as a resource to turn to is really, really helpful. So I'm really grateful for community. Actually, God meant us to do this in community, hey? We're not meant to do it on our own. It's not easy. We can't do it on our own. That's why God made community, and it is great to be part of that. Um, So thank you. I love being part of this family. And within that, I just, again, I really felt God kind of highlight there are lots and lots of amazing examples of mothers in this church who haven't necessarily given birth to a child and I just think it's really important to recognize that so I just felt like God really wanted to recognize Kathy Brock actually in my preparation she does know I'm going to do this so this isn't a big surprise but actually Kathy is just outstanding at loving people's children at taking them out at showing them generosity in spirit in time um, just having real grace for them and actually she really models to me something of what it means to have a mother heart um, and actually that's good that isn't to do with giving birth actually it's to do with God and who he is and that's what we're going to cover the rest of this morning but just think it's really important to recognize that that actually motherhood is much much bigger than just about biology really so thank you Kathy and obviously many many others um, and I'm sure that thanks is echo- echoed by many many parents in this room who've kind of benefited from her um, so, as I say, my life has completely changed since Asher arrived. I've reflected a lot. I've thought about God in different ways. And there are certain truths about God or biblical references to him that to me have taken on a new life since having a child. They're not, they're not new verses to me. I know them, but I feel like I know them in a new way. So here's the first one. He will not, he who, sorry, he will not let your foot slip. Who would have thought I can't read? I'm getting like Dave. He who watches over you... <laughs> will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Man, I get that in a new way now. It's a different experience, isn't it? There are times where with Asher, I just think, man, I am never going to slumber or sleep ever again. I know how that feels, God. And actually, the difference between me and God in that is that actually I need sleep. And in fact, sleep deprivation is a form of psychological torture, which I do remind (laughs) Asha of at many times. So I'm sure lots of us who've had a young baby have had this experience where you're doing one of the night feeds, normally over 2 or 4 a.m. I find those the hardest ones. And actually you're sitting there desperately thinking, I must not slumber or sleep. I must not slumber or sleep. I must not slumber or sleep. The next thing you know, you do a big head nod. Your baby's asleep like that all over you. You've got no idea how long you've been in that position. Because we desperately need both slumber and sleep and actually that can sometimes almost take away your peace slightly but actually you know we've got a God who watches over us who doesn't need slumber or sleep actually he watches Asher when I'm not able to watch him 
He watches Asher when I'm worried about him. Actually, he doesn't have to slumber or sleep. And that is an amazing source of peace, actually, that that's the God we've got. So that's really stuck true with me. Another one that's been on my mind a little bit. Oh, no, 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 we've gone too fast. I've taken away the punchline. Don't pretend you didn't see it. Another one is this one. So um, God says, Do not forget one thing, dear friends. With the Lord, a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like a day. Now, I get now a little bit more how flexible time can be when you're so consumed by loving someone else. Because believe me, there are times where my days do feel like a thousand years long. There are some days like that. There are certainly nights like that where you're like, this night literally has gone on for a thousand years. But yet at the same time, actually the fact that that photo was taken five months ago actually makes me almost a bit tearful because I feel like it was just yesterday. And I'm like, how has five months gone? Because time just takes on a different element when you're consumed by loving someone else. And so I get a little bit more now how for God, actually a thousand years can be like a day and a day can be like a thousand years. Because if I feel like that about Asher, God is so much bigger than me and so much bigger than us that that, that makes sense to me and actually what that is about is about how quickly God answers his our prayers and how quickly God fulfills his promises so that links back a bit to the Selassie thing but actually I understand now how that works another one that's come to me a little bit is this one open wide your mouth and I will fill it there are times where that just dictates my day Open wide your mouth, Asher, and I will fill it. And particularly in those early weeks, it feels like that is essentially what you're doing, isn't it? Is perpetually feeding your child. And actually, there's something about that that's so integral to the role of being a mum. So actually, in my previous life that I vaguely recollect, I actually work with... um, families and young children where there's some sort of issue with the eating for whatever reason. A lot of them have got disabilities and feeding's hard. Maybe the child's not gaining weight, the child's not doing this, the child's not doing that. And actually for those parents, there's a massive emotional link to that because so much of motherhood, particularly at the beginning, is about feeding your child. It is about nurturing them and seeing them grow. It's part of what we're designed to do. But actually, we know that God says ultimately it's him who provides Ultimately, it's him who fills us. It's him who sustains us. It's him who gives us strength. Actually, he knows what this is like much more than we do. Actually, he gets it much more than we do because we're talking about one person, maybe two if you're like Anna Bianco, but actually God's talking about an entire nation. He says, open wide your mouth and I'll fill it. He's got enough for all that we need. So I say there have been some surprises in motherhood and some things that have rocked me a little bit. But actually, I think the biggest surprise, and I know it's a bit cheesy, I I appreciate that, but the biggest surprise to me is the extent of the love that you have for your child. I kind of knew, obviously, that I'd love him. I, I got that. But the extent of it and the extent in which that changes my mind, it changes the way that I live, is not just a love that's a warm, gushy feeling. It's a love that's protective. It's a love that just changes everything and consumes me. And actually, that has been a big surprise. I I knew it was coming, but I didn't know it. And I don't think you can know it until you're there. In fact, Gail something, I might get Dave Nunn to try and read that surname later, but I certainly am not going to give it a go. But she described it like this in her book, Dreaming Water. She said, mothers and children are in a category all of their own. There is no bond so strong in the entire world, no love so instantaneous and forgiving. That's how she words it. That's how she says it is. And actually, I think in our culture and the world, there there can be a general perception that that's how a mother's love always is. 
Whether that's true or not, we'll, we'll talk about in a minute. But there's a perception that's how it is. In fact, it can almost be slightly idolised, can't it? There's that sense of Mother Earth, Mother Nature. There, that sense that actually motherhood is almost on a pedestal and slightly separate from any other experience. But actually, that reminded me of a verse of the Bible as well. And something that actually we know about God that... Um, yeah, that resounds a bit with that. And it comes from a book called Isaiah, which actually is the same book that Philip read from so um, passionately earlier, which is great. So it ties in, so I'll come back to that in a minute. But in Isaiah, he says this. He says, Shout for joy, you heavens. Rejoice, you earth. Burst into songs, you mountains. For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she's born? Though she may forget, I will never forget you. So this verse is from a book called Isaiah. Isaiah is in the Old Testament. That means it's in the period of time before Jesus was born or came around. In fact, it was about 740 years before Jesus was born that this was written. But yet this whole chapter is massively about Jesus, and I don't have time to fully unpack that. So I'm going to give you a quick overview, um, but I recommend you read it because it's an amazing bit of the Bible. But essentially what the situation was is as the people uh, originally of Israel, God's nation, there were 12 <coughs> tribes, and there are people that God's called out and called to be his own. They're his people. Now, over time, because they mess up, because they're people, they've really messed up. So at this point in time, they're actually divided. So there are 10 tribes in Israel, and there's two tribes in Judah who separated off. And these people in Judah, they're still trying to pursue God on the whole, with a few little mistakes. But on the whole, they're trying to pursue God, but they're a really small number compared to the 10 in Israel who actually aren't. They're really messing up. So they're pursuing other gods. They're doing all sorts of badness. Um, at the same time, this group of people in Judah, they've got a lot of quite powerful enemies coming against them. So they've got the Egyptians, they've got the Assyrians particularly. They're a big, nasty, scary ar- army. And actually for these people in Judah, things didn't look good, essentially. They're in quite a bad place. And a lot of them would have felt exactly like this says here. Zion says, the Lord has forsaken me, the Lord's forgotten me. Because it didn't look good actually, and the whole beginning of Isaiah is essentially lots of God speaking to his people about how bad it is, essentially. But yet, at this point, the whole structure of the thing changes, the whole heart of it changes, as God is actually giving promises to his people, and he's comforting them. And he's actually speaking about Jesus, who is going to come and make everything right. And in that context, he says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child that she's born. And the reason he puts that is to a point that he's agreeing slightly with Gail, our friend, who I can't go back to, but he agrees slightly with her comment that actually there is something about a mother's love that is slightly different. So when he's trying to express the depth of his love, a really good parallel is a mother's love for her child because that is known to be, and he's agreeing that that is a really strong form of love. But actually what he's saying is that his love is even stronger. So yes, that's a really strong form of love. Yes, a mother's bond is different, but actually it's not, it's not always perfect, or it's never perfect, but actually it goes wrong. As we've heard this morning, as Sylvie told us, actually it can go wrong. Things aren't necessarily perfect. Actually, a mother can tragically sometimes forget to have compassion on the child that she's born. But what God says is that he will never forget to have compassion on you. He will never forget. I don't know what your situation is. I don't know if you know Jesus. I don't know if you don't know Jesus. But actually, his heart for you is much, much, much stronger than your heart for your children could ever be. 
So actually your heart for your children is an illustration, it's a picture of God's love for you. See, the Bible says that in the beginning when God made man and woman, he made us both in his image. So he said in his image he created them. So women and motherhood is actually made in the image of God. And I think sometimes it's easier for us to picture fatherhood being in the image of God because we know that we pray to Father God and we kind of, often we picture God as a man because that just feels a bit easier in our heads. But, you know, God isn't actually a man or a woman. He's a spirit and he's God. We're made in his image, not him in ours. And actually everything that it means to be a mother is actually in the image of God. That's why I put all those verses up before because what they remind us is that every challenge and every joy of motherhood is actually summed up in God and who he is first. Actually, we love our children because God loves us. Actually, we feed our children because God feeds us. Actually, we wake through the night to feed our children because God doesn't have to slumber or sleep. It's a reminder of who he is and his character. And that's really, really important. So if you're here and you don't know God, it's really worth you getting to know him because actually he wants you to know that his love for you is much, much stronger than you realize and that his desire for you is that he would know you and know you much more intimately than your mother even knows you or you know your children. If you're here and you are a Christian, maybe you're at a point where you think, God, I've been pursuing you and asking you for the same things over and over and over again and I think you've forgotten me. Maybe a bit like Zion, you think, God's God's turned me over, God's moved on, God's gone to another chapter, but God wants you to know, no, I cannot forget you. I cannot. This verse actually goes on to say that he's got our names written on his palm, which again, some mothers actually choose to imitate by getting their children's names tattooed. It's not as classy. God's got your name inscribed on his hand. It means he cannot forget you. He cannot forget you. He's 100% for you. And if you're here and you're a mum, maybe it's easy at the moment, maybe it's hard. I just feel like God wants you to know that your inspiration for being a mum is him and his character. So if you want to be better at being a mum, actually, yes, there are some brilliant examples of motherhood around this room. I've drawn on those examples. I'm grateful for them. But ultimately, my example is God and knowing him. So actually, if I want to get better at loving Asher, I need to know more of God's love for me. Because actually, I love in the image of God. I am an image, a broken image, an imperfect image, but I am a small little image of God. And the more that I want to do my job as a mum better, actually, I need to know God better. He's my source. And I'm really aware that as mums, one of the things that we do, certainly that I do, and I think all of us do, is that whole comparison thing. So actually, Paul's video at the beginning actually really showed some of that, doesn't it? That sense of actually, I should be doing it better. I think they're better at this than me. I think they're a better mum than me. There's a video going around Facebook that I've seen a few times. It's quite American, but of these mums outside a a kind of school gate, and it's got like the different types of mum, like the hot mess mum and the crunchy mum. I don't know what crunchy mum means. I've seen it in quite a few things. I think it's quite an American expression, but it's like you categorise and think, oh, I'm this kind of mum, or I'm that kind of mum. I'm an ultra-natural mum. I'm a whatever mum. Actually, all of us are actually loving in the image of God. And actually, that whole comparison thing, the only comparison that's worth making is a comparison to God. Because actually, we're doing all of this in his image. He was the first. He is the first to love you with a mother's love, with that mother's heart. So how does he show that love? And how can we see it? Well, ultimately, again, as we've already heard today, like this. Actually, God demonstrated his mother's love for us in this that actually he so loved the world that he sent his one and only son, that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. So if you want to know 
what God's love for you means. Actually, it doesn't always mean an easy time. It doesn't always mean everything's going to go smoothly. It doesn't always mean that you'll hear him answer your prayer exactly like you want him to when you want him to. But actually, it's demonstrating the fact that he chose to send Jesus. That is the ultimate demonstration of actually sacrificial love for us. That he would demonstrate his own love for us in this. That while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. That is what it means, actually, for God to love us in a much more intense way than you could ever love your children. So motherhood is great. Let's celebrate it. But let's celebrate it because it shows us something about who God is. Let's celebrate it because we know that actually God's love is so much more significant. And if you're here and you don't know him, you don't know Jesus, you've heard all of this and it some of it might resound with you, some of it might not. I just really implore you to find out more. Please find out more. Actually, when you go home and you're dealing with your children, you feel that pang of love, use that as a reminder. Actually, have that in your mind as an illustration that actually God's love for you is actually much stronger than that, that he's pursuing you and he wants you and he wants you to know that actually he's demonstrated his love for you and he wants you to know him. So all of us have sinned, all of us have messed up. None of us are good enough to know God. None of us deserve to know God. But actually the way that we can know him is because he sent his one and only son. That's it. That's all there is to it. He sent his one and only son to die on the cross in our place as a demonstration of God's love for you. And why? Because he wants to know you. Just like you want to know your children, just as you love that time with them, that closeness with them, just as you maybe, as I have done, spend hours staring at them, even though you know it's a bit cheesy and you, you, know, you can't believe you're doing it, but you do because you love them and you want to spend time with them. Well, that's how God feels about you. He wants to spend time with you. He wants to know you. And actually, the way that can happen is through Jesus and the fact that he sent Jesus to die in your place. So read to sum up, I think there are different groups of people here who maybe need to hear slightly different things. So I think if you don't know Jesus, if you're not a Christian, I really, really would uh, yeah, just highlight God's love to you and, and say that it'd be great to chat some more with you, um, to pray with you, because God does want to know you. If you're here and you think, actually, you kind of fit into a different category where you think, you know you're a Christian, you know that you know God, but actually you're beginning to feel a bit like Zion, you're beginning to feel like, actually, God's forgotten me, God's moved on, actually, I don't know if God's heard me, I would bring you back to what I said at the beginning about Asha Kwame Selassie Geli. I would say, actually, God has heard you, God does hear you, um, and actually, he just wants to reaffirm his love for you, that you would know that actually your name is written on his hand. So that's it, Paul. story I've never told anyone. Well, not, not publicly. I'd like to pray for us along the line of what Sarah preached in terms of knowing the mother heart of God. Um, my mother died of cancer when I was 14. Um, she was in and out of hospital or bedridden basically from about the age of 11, and I think she must have been ill since about eight. I can only remember one sentence my mother spoke to me. <coughs> I was sitting in my grandfather's farmhouse and uh, I was about nine or ten, and she said to me this, David, I have one piece of advice for you. Don't ever get involved with church people. (laughs) (coughs) 
It's quite hard to break the only piece of advice your mother has given you that you remember. When she died, our family just went all over the place. And uh, I did a lot of things that I shouldn't have done. And in the end, I had to cry out to God, as many of you know, God scrubbed my brains out and give me another chance. And in knowing God, I learned what it was to have a father and a mother by his spirit. And I want to pray for us this morning that we will have a fresh revelation of the mother love of God in our hearts. Because a mother's love is so powerful and so strong. It is an incredibly nurturing love. It wants you to grow and mature. Fathers generally want their children to succeed. They don't care about how, they just want them to succeed. But a mother really wants them to mature and become whole people. And there is a depth of love and passing on that a mother knows. And I would like to pray for us that we would have a fresh revelation. And I wonder if you would stand. Father, as Sarah so eloquently said, we are made in your image. You are not made in ours. And we come to you this morning that by your spirit, you would come and bring us a deeper revelation and understanding of your mother love for us. Time and time again in the Old, Old Testament, you talk about how you will comfort your people as a mother does as you will love as a mother does. And I pray that this morning, Sarah's words will penetrate our hearts and our minds by the Spirit of God, that we would know you as our mother as well as our father, that we would know the wholeness of knowing God. We would not be so caught up with just the father that would miss the mother. Lord God, come. I ask you, Holy Spirit, come and give us a revelation of what it is to be loved by our mother God. A God who comforts, loves, nurtures, just as a mother would. That we might have a clearer, more whole picture of who you are. Jesus, we thank you that you showed such love on the cross. We thank you that there was such power in it, such devotion to humanity, that you looked forward to knowing each and every one of us. Father God, we love you, that you have revealed yourself as male and female. We love you, God. Amen. And I would like to say, as Sarah said, if you do not know Jesus today, and you're thinking, this sounds more interesting than I thought. There's maybe more to this than I thought. I'd like you to, okay, just put your hand up now if you'd like to know a little bit more. You're not committing yourself to anything, but if you'd like to, I'm not going to take very long at all. But Paul, who was leading the meeting, um, would also be very, very happy to talk to you afterwards. 
That is not now everyone who talks to talk, Paul is talk, trying to find out about being a Christian. So you don't even need to, need to be embarrassed. Thank you so much, Sarah. That was tremendous. We're going to give you a round of applause. So you'll have to take your cardigan off to get the true virtue of the fact that you are in matching outfits. God bless. Please go and get your children.